This is CliffCentral.com. Fashion Lab on CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab. My name is Liz Ogumba, registered your host, and thank you for tuning in once again. Now, last week we opened up the conversation around raw denim versus washed denim. We gave away a lot of tips while leaving a lot of uh, listeners still confused about why should they even get a pair of raw denim. Anyway, if you missed last week's show, you are never too late. You can still tune in onto the podcast on fashionlabafrica.com. Now, this week is definitely us winding down on this denim conversations that we've been having through the month. On today's show, we are exploring more denim, joined by a special guest. And uh, for those of you who are looking to venture into denim, like we said and we've been saying, I mean, whether it's manufacturing, whether it's design, whether it's consumption, I am sure that you will be able to find ways to make better decisions around your denim relationships. Now, just a quick intro for you who are trying to figure out what, you know, what we are talking about. This is Fashion Lab. This is the show that dissects the business behind fashion. And sometimes I think it's really necessary to open up topics and really take it to like the month. Uh, this is like what? A month, uh, a month challenge. Uh, and I think it's also interesting to be able to just, uh, have enough time to touch into different elements or aspects of what we actually are talking about. Now, before we get into deep, um, we are joined by our contributor, Edgy Benson, with his echoes from New York. Edgy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Liz. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? How are your spirits? Are you on high spirits or low spirits? My spirit is good. I, I just got this text from uh, Sid, who mm-hmm. is joining us from from Washington. So I'm happy. Uh, Sid from me spoke. Mm, very nice. <laughs> Sid, Sid is great. Yeah. Uh, for those who yeah. yeah, for those who don't know, Sid uh, has. Uh, Sid Hassan, uh, owns, is the founder of an app called Misspoke. It's a very cool app. You, you know, you, if you don't know what's Misspoke, you need to just check it out. Just Google it. But it's a very cool app. You kind of wear the clothes and then people can actually be able, consumers can be able to buy the clothes based on what edge you wore last night or whatever. But it's a really cool, really cool app, really cool platform. And we are definitely, uh, looking to work with, uh, Misspoke further. But thank you for joining us. Edgy, what are you wearing today? Because you you sound like you're well, trying to to divert the conversation to another side, and I'm trying to keep it trying to keep it locked. Well, I'm I'm still predictable. Um, I am wearing uh, a new diesel bottom. Um, I know you knocked me on my diesels, but this is this is this is new, and I love it. Okay. And <laughs> and I have a simple polo shirt on today from our own collection. So I'm I'm wearing me. I'm wearing. Do you, do you know that today I wanted to quietly and just not say anything because our listeners know that I always jump on to say should I say what you're wearing the bottom because I was trying to give you the benefit of doubt. But I I think I'm starting to feel like I'm about to rest this case. You know I don't think I'm winning. But anyway, welcome to the show, Edu. Thank you for joining us and. Uh, uh, we have missed Francisca for a while. I know she's, uh, running around in Italy, but that's also a good thing. Uh, now for those who are tuned in for the first time, just a quick reminder. My favorite segment at the end of the show is called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your who's and your why's. It's the segment that I call a red glass of Cabernet Sauvignon. It's probably a vintage and we use it to unwind after our heavy, heavy conversations through the show. Keep your tweets coming at Fashion Lab AF, uh, on Instagram. We are Fashion Lab Africa on Facebook and Fashion Lab Africa on uh, Instagram. Sorry, we are Fashion Lab AF on Twitter, uh, if you got that. 
Now, on today's show, we are exploring more but denim. And please? Yes. <laughs> before you run away, <laughs> we, we don't know what you're wearing. <laughs> okay, well, you I'm going to I'm gonna actually love. just insta this right now. I'm wearing a beautiful denim cosette. It's, it's, it's the best cosette in my wardrobe. I'm not even playing. This one has even beat my own. But... It's not a Lizzo Gumbo uh, denim cosette. It's a guess. I got this about four years ago. But it's amazing how you find... This is the, one of the finds that I found, and I, I have never found anything like this, and I'll never find it again. So I thought, let me throw on the des- denim bustier and a little uh, beautiful high-waist Lizzo Gumbo skirt. It's a very easy skirt. And a leather jacket just to keep my shoulders and my skinny little arms a bit warm. But otherwise, it's cool. And I've got some red devils again. Don't ask me how many I have of this. I'm wearing red devils again because it's the, it is what just, I looked at this look and I thought, let me just throw on those red babies. And, and then I felt complete. So that's how I'm feeling. That's what I'm wearing. So you look amazing always. Thank you, Baba. I try now, small, small, I beg, if you know. So now I want us to go to, um, to the topic today. We're exploring denim. Um, however, it's not going to be so denim focused, but, uh, for those of you who don't know, again, uh, Mercedes-Benz, uh, fashion week went down this week, uh, in Johannesburg at the Mall of Africa this last weekend. And, uh, we got to see a lot of, uh, interesting brands, uh, interesting stories on the runway. And, uh, I'm not going to give you that report, but we will be able to share some of that information through the week on our social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, to zone back into who we are talking to, we're talking to, uh, fashion designer for Narok, New York and Blackbird Jeans. His name is Zeddy Loki. Uh, to kind of finalize this denim series this month. Zeddy has joined us on the show before, and uh, I think that was about a year or two ago. Edgy, I don't know if you remember. But he was very, yeah. yes, he was very focused on his um, Blackbird jeans then. And since then, he actually came down here to showcase at uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, Fashion Week and showcased a very different, very different from the denim, which is so interesting as well to see how, uh, as a brand, he's evolving and how he's actually running with the denim and running with his bespoke offering. So let's take a look, uh, roll over to Zeddy and the conversation we have briefly and just see what Zeddy is actually doing. Now, today is another very special day, and I'm holding it down here with a special brand designer from Narok, New York. Now, Narok, New York is the brand. Uh, his garments, garments are dynamic mediums for illustration, uh, as if they were a baton, fabrics are passed on from one runner or artisan to the next. And out of the gate, this designer applies his stroke to the canvas and then passes it on to the skilled craftsperson who bestows it with additional color and texture. Guys, I'm not rapping. I'm not, I'm not even dropping it like that. That those are his words. Eventually you, the wearer are now called for the final leg of a race that has no end. Now his advice to you is this. Continue to apply your stroke to this protean canvas and with each Wearing your own style will further illustrate the Narok canvas. I'm sitting here with the one and only Zeddy Loki. Uh, allow me to welcome him to the show. And thank you for joining us, Zeddy. Thank you, Liz. Now, Zeddy, um, I just first of all want to say before we move further, congratulations on your showcase at the Mercedes-Benz uh, this past weekend. Let's just talk about this past weekend and this show before we even touch on i know that the talk of the day today what we're really focusing on is denim but because you're here with us and because you just had such an amazing breathtaking refreshing show let's just talk about that 
Um, what is the collection about? Who is this Narok New York man? Who are we talking to? What do you want to, or what do you intend to pass across uh, through your target market, especially through this past collection? Um, well, I mean, I just wanted to have a feel of, uh, you know, South Africa. So, you know, AFI being the one of the, I'd say, forces of movement in fashion in the in the continent. And since they were celebrating their 10th anniversary, I just felt, you know, fortunate to be a part of, you know, something that's different from what we get in New York every day. You know, Mercedes Benz uh, fashion, New York is something else. I mean, we have uh, our very own here in, in Joburg. So I felt uh, blessed to just come down and connect. You know, I knew you were here, so things will go, you know, <laughs> things will go right. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you had it all. Because I'm here, I'm also a part of things going right, which is a great thing. Yeah, so, because last time when you came to um, to New York, we for, miss each other. We miss each other. That's no, yeah. uh, no, 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 the, no. I remember we took a walk down. That was in 2011 or 2012. Mm. That was at, at the arts show. In Broadway. Oh my God, were you at Adiat show? Yeah. Okay, let's not talk about Adiat. To be honest with you, quite frankly, yeah. I do not want to talk about Adiat. But that's how we met. I know, but I don't want to okay. talk about Adiat. Okay. Finish. All right, all right. So, all right. <laughs> but guys, listen. The truth of the matter is that it was 2011. 11, 2011, right? That's and how we, we met. And then we plugged you guys. You we plugged you again, Zeddy. I think in 2013 or 14. Right. Talking about denim when denim was really a big part of your movement. True, at the true, time. true, true, true. I was I was working as a director, bespoke director at Three by One which is one of the top 10 denim stores in the world. Uh, they focus mainly on bespoke denim. So it was another blessing to just be a part of it. Mm, you know. in that environment. Right. I mean, Narok means uh, movement or it symbolizes movement. You know, it's, um, it's a town in Kenya, which is famously known for the wildebeest migration. Narok is the home of Masai Mara. So that's where the name comes from, you know. But you know, I forget to ask you: Are you where are you originally? Which part of Kenya? I mean, and and this is good, guys. By the way, this is my Kenyan mate, so don't even feel bad today if we all we talk about is Kenya. But what part of Kenya? Are you also from Narok? No, no, I'm not. I'm from. Uh, I was born in Eldred, but I'm from Kakamega. That's very interesting. But then yeah. how Narok again? And then you said Narok has this. What does it mean again? So Na Narok, it, it has many, a lot of meanings. It means black water. That's one. And Karanarok, uh, I think it means uh, it's the, it's like the home of the Maasai. But Narok is the home of Maasai Mara, okay, very which good. is famously known for the wildebeest migration yeah. from uh, Serengeti to Tsavo, back and forth. So I look at my life, uh, you know, moving from Eldoret to Nairobi, Mombasa, Nakuru, New York. Now I'm in Joburg. So my brand basically, I'd say... It's just, you know, I'm trying to connect with people who move from one level to another. It can be in the office. It doesn't really necessarily mean from one city or state to another, you know. So I feel like Narok, or I, 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 I call it Narokking, which you're doing, you know, you <laughs> migrated from, <laughs> from, from Kenya to Joburg. Yes. You know, and I did the same from Nairobi to New York and New York to Joburg. Yes. So basically that's, you know, we're, we're in search for, 
for 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 you know we're not rocking we're not rocking hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey for those of you who don't know now you know we are not rocking right but i love i love the fact that you know you've really uh, grown i think you've really evolved and i said that it's also very interesting to know that we can have these conversations on the show with different fashion industry stakeholders every year and funnily enough you find that there's people you talk to and every year there's a new story or there's a there's stories elevate to a whole new level or evolve into something even bigger and even more amazing right. so for me what it is is also refreshing especially for the listener who tunes into fashion lab it's great to see uh, the conversations we're having on the levels we have them at and it's great to see that we can still talk to the same person again in another year or two and find that this person has actually really moved their craft or elevated themselves to a whole new level so congrats congratulations on your work Thank now you. i know that we're also focusing a lot on the denim aspect of your business mm -hmm. before now we are talking bespoke because you're narrowing and bespoking at the same time That's let's right. talk about um sort of uh, what i want to know right now and I'll, I'll say to you for sure zed mm -hmm. and we've been talking a lot as well mm -hmm. behind the scenes mm -hmm. the fashion industry is not a it's not an easy game mm -hmm. and it's just at the end of the day it's a business also so at the end of the day if we're not smiling to the bank we have to keep sitting and we strategy and seeing sure. how do we come up with a winning formula what's your winning formula so far oh uh, i mean i haven't watched um uh winning opera uh lately <laughs> on how to be successful or anything but my formula is really simple just uh you know being consistent trying to work hard and uh, keeping it simple you know I mean, it's it's very hard to make money in the fashion industry. It's a very cutthroat business, very very competitive, especially in New York uh, and anywhere else, really. But my formula is, um, I just base my game on, I'd say three things: uh, the product itself, uh, the salesmanship, and you know, delivery. Mm. You know, so I try to to to. To, to repeat that, you know, that that route, you know, the product itself, which I have an amazing product, you know, I've worked um, extremely hard in New York or just in the industry for the last 10 years to even be a part of uh, AFI uh, and, you know, so many other things. So till I was able to acquire what I can put next to, let's say, my favorite brand, you know, I always tell friends who ask me oh how do i get in the industry and i'm like look at your favorite brand put your product right next to it and if it doesn't match up go do your homework we'll so drink wine. right so, <laughs> <laughs> that's right so i've done my homework um pretty well so i have a product so what i just have to do is i have to you know work on my salesmanship so i've worked and I've worked with two major brands in New York, three by one and Alexander Nash. You know, I started as a salesman, you know, on the floor, working with different clientele, looking at my mistakes and my strengths and kind of like just trying to understand how these brands kind of like make money. And I just realized it's, it's once you have the product, you know, you, you gotta have a formula. Mm. You know, like I was trying to explain to you, I'm in the custom business. When I'm going to see a client, I prepare myself by, you know, let's say I'll, I'll, I'll do a research on the client, you know, let's say maybe it's the president, you know, I just know the president, you know, they just need probably, you know, the best suit they can have is the Navy suit because that's what they want to be seen in, you know, it's very presidential. Mm -hmm. 
or if I'm just working, let's say, with a banker or, you know, a guy who loves polo, I'll kind of like try and, 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 you know, look at maybe his pictures and see how he's been dressing and see what we can improve. Then maybe I'll send them a sheet, uh, just asking them a few questions, mm -hmm. just kind of like to know about their lifestyle. You know, if they're people who maybe they love to fly to, you know, maybe the Hamptons for the weekend mm -hmm. with their girlfriend. I know this is somebody who loves bold prints, you know, color and all of that. Then my meeting will be simple. It's going to take maybe 45 to 50 minutes whereby I'll you know, have an introduction with the client, get to know them in person. I share my story with them, which will carry them away. And then I introduce my fabrics. We get into the measurements. You know, they bring their favorite chart or blazer or whatever they want to get made. And we take a look at it. We spec it out like, okay, you know, ready to wear. You go into a store, cash or credit. Boom, does it really fit you the way it should? Maybe, maybe not. Or maybe after that, then they have to say, Hi, Zeti, where are you? Right. Yeah, can I bring in the five suits? Right. So to, far, for, for you to taper. For you to taper in right. according to the cat and the style. So I'll, I'll you know, I'll guide them. My, 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 like I said, my equation is simple. The fast suit or the, 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 the suit that I sell the most is navy. Every Monday it's a navy suit. Mm. You can wear navy three times a week, Monday, Friday, Saturday. Monday. You know, <laughs> all you have to change is you change your shoes and your shirt. Mm. You can you don't necessarily need to change your shoes. On a Saturday you can wear the you know, navy blazer, white jeans, you know, with a t shirt, with with sneakers and you still look cool. So I try to teach. I just don't sell. So by the time I'm done with a client, I've already taught them so many things on how clothes should fit, fabric. You, you know, know thread that. count and all of that. So at the end of the conversation, I'm able to like close my cell. Uh, Edgy, I'm here. Yes, that was Zeddy, and we're just going to uh, just take a quick break. But that was Zeddy Lockie uh, of New York Narok and Blackbird Jeans, just talking to us about uh, what he's doing, uh, his showcase, recent showcase here last weekend. And just kind of what he's doing in the game. What are your thoughts and what are your echoes so far based on the conversation before we plug back uh, to Zeddy again? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to hear his story. He seems to have actually like listened to his customer. He's very, he's very, um, into his product. Uh, that's, it's really nice to see that, you know. So I'm just listening. He seems to have covered a lot of his bases and, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, you know, when I spoke to Zeddy about customization, um, first of all, you know, we've spoken about this whole made-to-measure thing and the fact that for him, I mean, the conversations we're having, and it was real talk, it's like, I'm a very hungry fashion uh, entrepreneur as well, and what I want to do is constantly know what are winning formulas and how can I actually adapt to some of those winning formulas. And I know that... His formula may not work for me, may not work for you, may not work for John, Peter, and, and Alice, but there's that whole hunger to be able to wake up every morning or every month, be able to reassess the business and say, what is it that I'm doing? Did it work? What did I get out of it? What can I do differently? You know? So I think for me, that's, I think, first of all, the excitement about just the connection with Zeddy uh, around just seeing him from Blackbird to New York Narok to just moving on. And another thing for me also is, interestingly enough, is the question around 
customization, being able to travel. I mean, you heard him talk about narrowing, and I think that narrowing for me mm-hmm. is such a profound. Um, that's very profound because the fact that you know, for those who don't know, I'm going to explain to you a bit. The Maasai uh, people of Kenya come from the Narok area. So when you think Narok, you will, th- you will think Maasai because a lot of Maasai's come from that area. But if you think about Maasai's and how they operate on a day-to-day basis, they actually travel with their cows and they settle after whatever amount of days they'll settle, settle down somewhere and they make do and they make it work wherever they settle. Not that they settle in their land. They just... Mm-hmm. They are nomads, and that's what nomads do. They yeah. look for greener pastures for their cattle or their cows, and they keep moving, and that's amazing. And what happens is when he said he was narrow king, I, I thought that was so cool. So I'm also going to be using that <laughs> word, is I'm a narrower too. It's to say, how do you also get out of your comfort zone enough to be able to wake up in the morning Put your things together and leave and go somewhere and settle in a place without feeling sorry for yourself and do the best and make the best out of it and keep moving and keep growing because there was a time where it was like, oh my gosh, where are you from? Which land? We are still li- living and dealing with in a world full of visas and very tight borders. But at the same time, we are living in a borderless world. So I think for me, the idea or the hunger or the appetite to be able to wake up in the morning and say, this is going to be my goal. And I do that a bit. A bit. I haven't narrowed like him, but I have narrowed a lot too. And I don't live, I never, I haven't lived in a place. I mean, I've lived in many places and I, and when I settle in, I arrive and I make it work. So I think that's one of the really profound, uh, sort of, um, uh, elements of this conversation that I took away, just thinking, wow, narrow King. And the fact that he's even got a stamp on it, on his brand, Hence, narrow mm. New York, I think is very cool. So, uh, as you just, there was different things I thought we could touch on. And, and that's why I wanted to get your echoes. But I think that. Actually. Yes. No, I, I mean, the, from the narrowing point of, 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 from his narrowing point of view, actually, it's not just, it's not even like moving from one place to the other. I think us, Searching ourselves within ourselves to see where our strengths are mm-hmm. uh, within what we're doing is some kind of movement too, you know, mm-hmm. moving from one strength to another strength or moving to where you have strength wow. from where you don't have strength. You know, that's that's movement too, and we need to have that movement all the time mm. as designers. Also, I think one important thing that he 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 opened up is just. Looking at denim itself, the fact that he's doing bespoke denim and bespoke is such a big thing mm. in Africa. Basically, I feel like fashion in the fashion industry in Africa is probably 50% bespoke in the sense that people go to a tailor mm. mm-hmm. and people say, this is how I want it. So imagine being able to do that from a, from a denim point, you know, uh, we probably, we probably don't look at denim from that point, but from what he's doing, it normalizes denim as something that is basic fabric that you can use for your everyday needs, whether it's for the corporate or day wear, you know? So he's opening a window there in terms of telling African designers, you know, you can do this too. You can actually bespoke denim, you know? Um, people can't come to you and get made to measure denim. Um, uh, it, it widens the scope and it allows denim to play a, a bigger, a, a more, you know, a more ordinary role mm-hmm. in, in in everyday life, you know, for the designer and for the people who are wearing it, mm-hmm. you know. Now, another yeah. thing I want to touch on is the whole 
moving from uh you know focusing so much on denim which is what he used to do and he did big numbers to like coming back to say there's nothing that he actually owns <laughs> that is like he has no stock and i thought that is very mm-hmm. brave for a brand who has been pushing numbers and you know you've got units and he's like Liz this thing's actually sitting there what are you going to do with him so his model right now is he moves into Kenya goes in just now from his last Kenyan trip got like a lot of orders for suits goes back to New York gets the stuff done gets it back to the client but the the the, the what i found very fearless of him which i hope i can adapt to because i I think I'm fearless but there's things that I'm just still like clinging on to. So, how do you just that whole brave move of moving from no a lot of stock to like no stock, meaning no orders, no stock. I almost feel like we become or we operate in such a routine or I do, maybe I'll speak for myself in this fashion space where when my stock is even low on my back end in my back room at the workshop, I literally I mean at the showroom, I literally I start panicking. But then why am I panicking when there's still stock there and where there's always, why is the stock, the stock still not selling? It's there. So I think the transition from working with big numbers to going straight to what Francisca or what Zeddy does and all the people who focus on made to measure has actually got me thinking. And I am feeling like it's probably in, uh, a bit inspiring, but also a bit, um, it's just shaken me a bit. And it's kind of brought me back to the table to say, me who doesn't really like, I mean, I've tried to stay away from made to measure as much as I can because it gives me a headache. But now I'm starting to think, gosh, while we are dealing with all this stock, not sure what to do with it, and all the boxes and all the stock coming back, they're actually smiling because all they're doing is more orders and more orders. If you have 10 in a month, if you have 100, at least you know it's going to John, Peter, and Alice. What do you think? What's your I mean, take? I, I, mean I, I think it all boils down to a business model, though. I, I think every business model has its 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 niggles, you know, some some things that work and some that don't work. He has a bespoke model, uh, you know, and he's finding within it what works and what doesn't work. And for us, um, if you're if you're ready to wear, you have to find um, you're going to find the problems, whether it's returns or whether it's something that doesn't work. I mean, right now because retail is going through such a tailspin you, it's it's hard to to it doesn't negate what you're doing it's just we have to fine-tune it you know i understand so i, think, I, I understand edgy really but yeah to, but edgy i still to, think to i still think based on what's happening right now with retail all over the world with fashion retail i still think that he's going to be having a better time francisca will be having a better time Everybody who's focusing on made to measure or strictly run a business around just made to measure or customizing or bespoke are actually gonna have, be having a very good, better time than we are right now, than the rest of us. And I think that it's about, and I also think that being clever in this business and being able to sustain your business, especially in this hectic retail, fashion retail space, is to be able to literally be on your toes almost every other day to find out what's happening, what, how do you change, how do you move. It feels like, I feel like I'm in a circus lately because I, every day or every other day or at the end of every week, I feel like I have a new plan. At, at the end of every week, Edgy. Because my plan is, I already have these things, what am I going to do with them? That's the bottom line is where am I going to dispose this of? Dispose doesn't mean I'm giving away. 
It just means, how do I make this business work? It's, the thing is already there. And then do I want to continue with this? Because... We, I, I think it's all there's a problem. It, yeah, I think it's all arguable. I, to be honest with you, every every everywhere where, where that we choose is gonna it's gonna it's gonna have its 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 niggles. I I <laughs> do feel like if you do if you do what what he's doing actually in a sense opens a big window. It, it means that you can't do bespoke for African designers. You can't do bespoke here. Probably you can't do that much because. The resources, I mean, the, 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 there's so much product, there's so much, um, just so many. So your market is oversaturated. So many so choices. So, Edgy, yeah. what you're saying, sorry, is your market is oversaturated with a lot of product. Ours here is, and I don't think there's any market oversaturated with a lot of product to a point where bespoke or made to measure is not going to rise because... There's no, no, it's not, it's not saturation. It's just a question of choices. The easier the choices are to be made, to be hard, the less, uh, the, the less something becomes so overpowering, you know, like bespoke probably wouldn't work here so much because you have so many choices. Like, how would you, I mean, if there are choices you can access that give you the right fit, and there are a lot of those choices. You're probably not going to wait for. Okay, so then but, I'll tell. Yeah, then I'll yeah. tell you something for sure. For me, I still think, and I, mm. I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll accept what you're saying for your market. But I still think there's a big market. Even there, there's a very big market of people who want a lot of people who focus on. I am only working with a made-to-measure brand or designer. Are people who don't want, who have very, very distinct style, do not want to make, there's no who stole my look moments, there's none of that. And so it's not necessarily accessibility that also drives this. Because understanding that yes, the market is full of beautiful pieces that do not actually drive, that actually uh, sort of maybe influence the way that the consumer consumes. I feel that the made to measure is more than just the market ready to wear in the market and the situation of it or the I think there's so much more to ready to wear meaning there's nowhere in this world that you can tell me today ready to wear is not going to fly I just think that no of course yeah but I just think for me the one question I'm asking you before we plug Zeddy back one Mm. question to you do you agree with me Edgy that Mm-hmm. We are living in a time, and every day, I mean, you look at the news, you look at what's happening. Fashion retail is has is becoming very, is just becoming very hard to 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 to, to pin down or to even understand. And 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 so what happens is there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of people who are confused. There's a lot of stores who are actually closing. The brick and mortar close stores are literally closing. I've got a few boxes back from two shops this week. But my thing mm-hmm. is, do you agree that maybe made to measure might be one of the solutions? At this no, time? I, I don't agree that it is a solution, but I do agree that it is. Hey, hey choice, your head is too hard though. Uh-uh, uncle. It's too <laughs> hard. One of the choices designers have. Actually, you know what? I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna literally pull your ear. So listen, I'm going to, I feel like pulling your ear, but listen, Edgy. Because this is becoming no, very, uh, I'm dragging it and you're dragging it back. Can we just agree that let's roll over back to Zeji to finalize with him? Okay, and then you okay. will tell me before we finish here, you'll tell our listeners what you're trying to say because I think even our listeners agree with me at this point. But anyway, we roll over to Zeji. So, you know, I want us to move, 
over uh, Zedi to just mm-hmm. understanding, obviously, as much as you've really focused and really decided to pay attention to customizing mm-hmm. uh, or the made-to-measure sort of model, and it's actually working for you. Mm-hmm. How about your denim? Are you also customizing, or do you actually still produce denim in higher numbers? And then, you know, how do you, how, what are you doing with the denim side of your world, or is it completely blocked? Uh, I still do. I know denim is my background. Um, I'm doing custom denim right now. Whereby, like I said, I sell suits, then I follow up with, you know, you need a pair of jeans, blue, white, and black. Mm-hmm. So at least I sell jeans every day whenever I'm talking to my clients. But um, I'll, I'll, when I have all the money in the world to be able to do volumes and um, and, and all of that, then I'll, I'll embark on, like, you know, creating. I mean, the, the good thing with denim is you can do a lot of stuff, especially with the washes. And, and I just love you know like intricate washes and you know cuts and threads and, the rip, the and everything everything Stress. you know i took a class i took a denim class at um bpd it's it's actually the only uh production house in the east coast because all the denim factories in in the states are in la so there's only one called bpd uh, wash house in in new jersey so i took a denim class there and um I, it went really well. I learned a lot of things, especially with, you know, just the process of distressing to, you know, just, just the entire, the entire process. And then at the same time, I was working for three by one. So I'm looking at doing like a, a denim launch maybe next year. I'll, I'll get back. I mean, mm-hmm. Blackbird is still alive mm-hmm. and, 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 and running and kicking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's me. Mm-hmm. So. I'm working on a few samples. But for now, you say customize until further notice. Uh, customize until further notice. Right. I, I love it. Uh, Zedi, uh, one more thing. What can we expect from New York Narok in the next, say, year, two years, five years as you continue to build? And obviously, you're building bespoke, but you're still very passionate about the denim. Mm-hmm. What can we expect from you in the next two years, five years, year? Uh, well, I don't know that far, but... Uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just looking forward to expressing myself more comfortably. You know, this artist life is not is not as easy <laughs> as it is. And I keep asking myself, like, you know, why well, I should have been a doctor, but I think maybe being a doctor is the same thing too. <laughs> in its own way. It's in its in its own way. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things coming up right now. I'm, I'm more back in the continent and. Um, Actually, we ju- we just had a conversation. I'll be back in Joburg in um, October, uh, just to you know show what I can. You know, so we're looking at getting in stores in the continent across the globe, denim, which will be you know anytime soon. But next year we'll we'll, we'll launch the denim line for sure. And and how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, on Instagram, it's Narok NYC. Which is N A R O K N Y C. We don't have a huge following. We are small but strong. Yay. That's how we move. <laughs> and they're narrowing. <laughs> We're narrowing. <laughs> All the way there. And, and like I said, narrow, it, it's not just in fashion, but it's, you know, it's my story from where I was raised to getting into the big league in New York and working with, you know, the most enthused people in the history of mankind. So you can be from, uh, where is it? 
Well, I, I don't know Joburg that well, or South um, Africa. But you can be from Pactown North, you can be right. from Rosebank, you can be from Santon, you can be from wherever. And you walk into that office whereby they're holding your dream job and you get it. You know, you've mm-hmm. moved from one point to another or maybe you're getting your, what do you call it? Uh, you're in the office and they're like, today you're, you're the CEO mm-hmm. and you, are, you started as a, as a floorman. Serving coffee. Yeah, so it's just an inspiration brand really. It doesn't really... You know, have nothing to do with um, politics. <laughs> <laughs> Staying away from politics. That's right. But Zedi, one more thing. Where do you see the future of denim in this world? Whether it's from a consumption level or whether it's for advice for African brands who are looking to venture into denim because, you know, the denim situation, we were talking about raw denim and uh, uh, washed denim last week. And one of the things Edgy really highlighted on the show was the fact that Africa needs to focus on just raw denim because until we have the technology, right. uh, you know, that can actually yeah. sustain the, the, the washes or, and, and everything else and the laundries, we need to just focus on what we have because there's still a market for raw denim. And it's becoming such a big thing. Suddenly, everybody wants at least one pair of raw denim. And we do have raw denim. So instead of looking to think and say, in Africa, we don't have this or we don't have that, we might as well say we have raw denim. At least let's use that to advantage and come up with our ateliers and really focus on the denim stories as well. What do you think? Or where do you see the future? Or what do you expect or what do you hope for in this continent when it comes to denim? Whether it's from a, not from a consumption because everyone's wearing denim, but more from a, brand uh, direction when it comes to brands and how we expand and what we focus on? I'll say this. From my experience, um, denim is a really, really, really tough industry. It's a tough business. I remember after I took my classes, um, my my boss, my former boss, his name is Scott Morrison. He's like a denim guru. So this guy built three brands, sold two, built his third brand, which is called three times one or three by one, which means three brands under one designer. At the same time, three by one means that three, the weaving process of the denim, it's three, three warp under one weft. Wow. Right. So, so working with this guy, you know, after I did my classes, you know, we had a meeting and he was like, you know, he was sharing his story. He said, you know, starting a denim line or a denim brand is not that easy. One, you need a lot of money, you know. Two, you need the right network. So it's like, you know, the best denim comes from Japan. Why? Because they, they stuck to the traditional way of making, of, of, of weaving the, the, the salvage denim after World War II. They bought all the machines from, from the States and they've kept the tradition. Uh, their dyeing process, the indigo dyeing of the, of the raw denim, which is, they, they, they still do it, you know. Um, the funny thing is we have the best cotton in Africa. It comes from Zimbabwe mm. and it goes straight to Japan and they, they make, uh, jeans there. But I think, uh, I think my brand, what I want to do with it, I want it to be the Levi of Africa or I want it to be the, um, the G star of Africa. Basically when I, when I, when I get back into, into denim, um, but I know there's a lot of people who are doing denim, including yourself, which are doing, you know, an amazing stuff. You know, I think you need, it's, it's not meant for everyone. Mm-hmm. You need, you need to have the grace for it. Wow. Yeah. Zedi, it's been so great talking to you. Thank you guys. Uh, for those who are tuned in who want to follow him, you've heard where you can find him. Uh, he's also on, is it newyorknarok.com? On narocknyc.com and, uh, Zedi Loki on Instagram as well. Yeah. Yep. 
Zadi, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you all the best in your journey. We look forward to seeing you in October. Until then, it is peace and love. Remember, guys, you just heard from him. It's not for everyone. You need grace. Grace, I beg. Call Grace now. Thanks. You, thanks. Got, you guys need to find me a nice South African name. <laughs> thank you, Baba. See you soon. Thank you. That was Zadi Loki. Yeah. Narrowing is one of the profound words. Grace is another one. Call grace if you don't have grace. Find grace. Oh, it's not for everyone. I tell you. <laughs> Edgy, what are your echoes? <laughs> so I just got a text from some from Sid, right? He's <laughs> listening in. And he, just talking about made to measure, of course. Mm-hmm. You know? And he has some really good points. And I'm gonna text this 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 I'm gonna text I'm gonna text it forward it to you. Okay, but and you he like was to share, saying, share, yeah, share it with us. He he was saying that the supply chain has changed. Made to measure is great, but how do you get to the consumer? You know? There is no you know it was saying that Amazon has changed the game. Um so the innov- there's so much innovation in the supply chain, right? So mm-hmm. It feels like, I mean, I think strongly the opportunity is in retail. You know, there are lots of new opportunities. The opportunities are in new retail, the way that retail has changed and how we navigate new retail is, is, is important. Yes, made to measure is great, but the whole, how do you scale made to measure? You know, how do you, like listening to Zeddy, you can say that you can see he's still small scale yes. and he's probably been doing this for a while. So yes. it, I think it's a pretty, pretty tough to scale it unless you determine to stay very very small um because he's saying that once he gets bigger and he has the numbers he's, he's obviously looking at at making at going volume you know not volume um, no i don't think i don't i don't did he really say volume i thought that he meant just going larger scale but still sticking to the meat to measure uh well way, i mean way of in some, i guess in some way yeah but I think it's a pretty, I mean, it's, it's normally quite hard, yes. quite difficult to scale made to measure because it, it, the yes. customer is so, the customer base is not normally so big. But you see, that's one thing he mentioned and maybe he mentioned it off air, but he mentioned that the mm. biggest thing for him right now was to figure out how to get, once you get that clientele for made to measure, you just find mm-hmm. because it's not about the made to measure. It's about who are you making to measure for? Where are they? So I think, uh, it's very good, uh, feedback from Sid. But it's, um, for me, once in my life, I can say I'm confused. If anyone is, is anyone confused? Please, our listeners, if you're confused, like, it's okay. It doesn't mean that your leg is broken. It doesn't mean you're half stepping. It doesn't mean you're walking with a crooked back. It just means that it's okay sometimes to say, gosh, what? I feel like I'm that stage where I'm saying, gosh, what, what? What's Liz, next? Yes. Liz, I have just a general design challenge mm-hmm. or the, in, in respect to made to measure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think made to measure is fine. Somebody is maybe too tall and they can't find their sizes. I'm okay with it's that. It's not just about but size just and somebody like, is too fabulous to wear what anyone's wearing. Okay, put those okay, all, okay, put all that into consideration. Like, okay. I do strongly feel like as a designer though, or just on the design end, right? Mm-hmm. What are you able to create that can that can win the made to measure customer to you? You know, is it is it is it? I, I don't can we can we take made to measure this the whole idea of made to measure as maybe a challenge that we're not developing or we're not designing the right products, right? 
you know why do i have to I, find I, something that very, fits me exactly point. if you are designing good things that i can buy off the rack I think because so like, I feel like because be, no yeah but I want to answer your question. I know for sure that is a very important point that you've made. Um however, I just want to also say that remember besides it being a design challenge for just taking us back to introspect and think and look at our stock and say what are we actually throwing into the shelves? I still think what like we said made to measure is not just about size. It's about being unique. It's about being different in a world where you have 20 lilies and you want to be a rose or, you know, you understand. So I think for me, made to to measure for me personally, I know that I always want to look different. And I always make sure that even if I'm wearing my ready-to-wear, there's always a different twang to mine. So everyone who's getting Lizzo Goomba's highway skirt at the shop are getting it. In the way that it is, but mine always has the red blue ribbon with a little. I mean, mine, my, my Lisa Goomba piece that's out in the rest of the world always has to be unique because I still really enjoy and appreciate that irresistible differentiating factor, like Nadima says. So I think it's not just about size, but I agree with you because you've challenged us as, as brands to say, if there's the made to measure is, you know, there's so much market for it, or there's a lot of people who are looking for something customized because they can't find it on the shelf, could it be, could it be that maybe what we have on the shelf is not, we're just not uh, uh, bringing the juice, the Kool-Aid. And also, you know, <laughs> and also Liz, and also Liz, I do feel like as a design industry, as an industry, we've got to survive and you survive on scale, right? Mm-hmm. I do feel like the size of the opportunity for made to measure the, the size of the opportunity is too small you know for 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 every for every uh, 10 flowers there's probably one lily you know so mm-hmm. so how many people can dress this one lily so i just feel like the size of the opportunity is too small i think african designers have to focus on being innovative and the the cost the, 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 there's a lot more bang in being innovative and serving a wider consumer than made to measure yes but made to measure is great but there are some underlying reasons why we people flock to make to measure. Maybe the designers are not bringing their A game. Uh, I mean, it's one of the reasons, to be honest with you. But I, you know, I do feel like the, the size of the opportunity itself is too small for this all these African designers. And like, there's just so much of them. We need to innovate. We need to embrace new retail, you know, so that we can reach out to more people. And not just a few people who want to tailor their pants longer or tighter, you know. Um, mm. But Thank again, it's, it's, I'm yeah. just talking about the size of the opportunity. Yes. Well, uh, for those who have been tuned in, we've been talking to Zeddy Loki, who is the man behind the Narok New York brand and the Blackbird Jeans brand. And uh, we've also had uh, very interesting insights. We've got Sid to also share some of his uh, feedback when it comes to made to measure and just what, you know, you kind of want to think about before you jump in. Otherwise, we'll be jumping like frogs from one pond to the other. And then also we've had Edgy. Edgy, thank you so much for your insights. It's always great to have you on the show. And uh, with your echoes from New York, I think it's very, very important to have these conversations on a wider level to be able to really create an impact on this journey that we are floating or swinging or going through. So I think, um, you know, fashion is a beautiful thing. It has its challenges, but I think at the end of the day, as long as you're able to st- stay on your toes, put on your high heels if you're tired of tiptoeing, like stay on your toes and just keep in touch 
or keep yourself in the loop of what's happening because technology is changing the game in so many ways and there's a lot of changes in this game right now. You have to keep up, otherwise we'll drown. We are not we are not drowning. That's the thing. So we are going. Please, yes. Before you go, can I make a, a just a quick correction, a quick point? Yes. Please. I'm I'm not generally saying that made to measure is not great. I'm just I'm, I'm I mean it has such unique opportunities, especially for denim in Africa. If people can can do made to measure denim, you know that 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 widens the scope of things for us, you know. But I'm just saying it's also it also challenges us to think. Um, to think more because the size of the market outside made to measure is bigger. You know, that's all I'm, I'm, I'm just saying and so that people don't think I'm yes. saying made to measure is not great. It's, yes. it's an amazing thing to be in. Yes. And guys, remember that Edgy will always tell you what time it is. Even when I try to push him back to four o'clock, he'll be like, no, Baba, I'm on, I'm, 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 I'm on six o'clock. And it's good. The conversations does not mean there's anything wrong or right. It's just food for thought. Think about it and make your decision based on what you have. Uh, on, on your plate. But um, we're going straight to who would you want to dress and why? Ting, ling, 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 ling. Edgy, you cannot dress me and you cannot dress Zeddy today. Who would you want to dress and why? Can you start? Ting, ling, 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 ling. Who would you want to dress and why? <laughs> I want you to start. Okay. Today, I would like to dress Zeddy Loki in uh, one of my men's uh, men's shirts. And then he can finish it up with his bespoke uh, offering. That's what I would like to do. <laughs> because he's so cool like okay. that. <laughs> oh, Edgy, did you want me to dress you? Because <laughs> now you've gone quiet. Yes. Okay, I want to dress Edgy, Benson, and Zeddy Loki today. And what I want to do is for you, I will want to dress you also, maybe in one of my nice, uh, interesting print color shirts, and then let you finish up the rest with your diesel jeans. With my diesel, diesel jeans, yeah, because that's what's going to happen. And then Zeddy, for you, you've had, I'm just giving you a shirt, and then you finish the look in one of your new bespoke uh, suits. Or maybe one of your trench coats. Did you see the trench from... Uh, Zeddy, Edgy. Yes, I saw the hot. green one. Those are hot. Those, yes, the green ones might yeah. be. Yeah. It's awesome. Anyway, thank you for joining us, Edgy. For those who are tuned in, thank you for tuning in always. This is the place where we, we call it the lab, and this is where we dissect the business behind fashion. And if you know what's good for you, I mean, this is a very interesting hub as well, where you can get information that you may not necessarily just run across. Uh, for any information you want to share, for any inquiries, we are on info at fashionlabafrica.com. Uh, and you know where to find us on social media. We would love to hear from you. Uh, take it easy. Breathe. Keep your stuff focused. Don't feel confused. Don't feel overwhelmed. Drink wine. Take a glass of wine if you're feeling overwhelmed in the middle of the, of the day because fashion is a beautiful thing. So don't make it, don't make it ugly. But anyway, it is peace and love from us until next week. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.